is maybe the night that my dreams might let me know all the stars are closer all the stars are closer tell me what you gonna do to me confrontation ain't nothing new to me you could bring a bullet bring a sword bring a morgue but you can't bring the truth to me alexa play kendrick lamar and scissor okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Feral Audio. God, hello everybody. It's me, Steve Ag, and this is my podcast, and it's called Uh, and this is the seventy seventh episode, and this might be my seventy seventh attempt at recording an intro for this episode. So, <laughs> sorry, I just hiccuped. I'm really not doing well with these intros lately, especially tonight. I, I. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. One of these days, I'm just going to let the track start recording and I will just leave every attempt at an intro in so you can hear how many times I do it and how many times I screw up and how badly I screw up. Uh, And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, you really do have an issue with these. I'd like to keep them short and sweet. And I like to know where I'm going when I record stuff. But uh, with these intros, I just never know. And I ramble. Uh, I, I should never be left to talk just to myself. It, it, it doesn't work out well. But anyway, thank you for listening to this. Uh, as I'm recording this intro, it is February 19th. Uh, my guest is Suli McCullough, a very funny comedian, writer and actor, and now producer. He has a brand new documentary out called Dying Laughing. Uh, it's a documentary about stand-up comedy. It's got uh, interviews with people like Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Lewis, Kevin Hart, um, Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer. And um, I've only seen the trailer, but it looks great. I can't wait to check it out. By the way, when Suli came in to talk about this uh, a few days ago, uh, I mentioned, I think in the podcast, that um, the movie comes out in theaters and on demand the day that this podcast drops, uh, which is actually incorrect. Um, my podcast comes out as you're listening to this. Now, my podcast has come out, uh, on February 21st, which is a Tuesday dying laughing comes out on the 24th. So this Friday, uh, if you're in one of the cities, if you're lucky enough to be in one of the cities where it's playing, you should go see it in a theater like you should with any movie. But if you're not, don't worry. It is available on iDemand uh, and on Tunes. <laughs> it's available on iTunes and on demand uh, on multi-platform, multiple platforms. So uh, please check it out. Um, yeah. And uh, I want to thank Suli for coming to my house. He's one of the few people that actually house. He's one of the few people that have actually come to my apartment to record this podcast. Usually it involves me driving to someone else's place or meeting someone at the 
Starburn Studios where uh, Farrell does their recording. Uh, but Sully was uh, super awesome and he was actually close by. So he came up here and we did this at my place. And um, I won't go everything over everything we talk about because that's just redundant. You can listen here. That's why you're listening. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to start this over. <laughs> We're just going to trudge on. Okay, so I want to thank Suli for coming in and talking with me. I want to thank you guys for listening, as always. Check out Dying Laughing on iTunes and on demand and in theaters uh, Friday, February 24th. I think you're really going to like it. And uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks. Sarah Jessica Parker and Robert Downey Jr. lived in the main house in the 80s when they were dating. Wow. And now my landlord is Danny Elfman's brother, Richard. Wow. Yeah. That's... I mean, this this could and easily Steve be has lived in one of the. <laughs> this could easily be a tour stop on one of those little buses. What is with that, by the way? That's the thing that's only within like the past six or seven years. Not tours, but those vans with the roofs cut off. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. Uh, they make me feel uncomfortable. And they for one. and they stop traffic. They just yes. drive really slow in the middle of the road. Yeah. They're always driving up around here. That's the other well, thing. That, I mean, that's got to be annoying living here, the Hollywood sign thing. Yeah. Like when I see all the people, and it's more now. Like it used to not be this bad. It's crazy. It's really, uh, it, yeah. it must frustrate the shit out of you. It. Yeah, I live, for those listening, I live right off of Beechwood Canyon, which is... You aren't afraid to tell people where you live? No, no, I don't care. <laughs> it's the... Uh, You're a better man than me. <laughs> it's the main... Beachwood Canyon is the street in LA with the best view of the Hollywood sign. So any given time you driving up and down that street, there's a ton of people standing in the middle of the road, taking their photo. Yeah. They don't care about cars either. They 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 look at you like you're fucking up their picture. Yeah. yeah, They don't give a shit. Also, um, I want to do a photo book or a photo exhibit of, I want to go out with my camera and take photos of people, not just taking photos, pointing at the sign, but there's a thing people do where they try and someone will take a photo and put it in their hand where like they're they, holding it up. Yeah. That where they try and make it look like they're holding the sign up <laughs> and, I, and I'm, and I'm sure they all think they're really super original. Right. Right. Like, oh my God. Make it look like I'm holding the sign, but I see it every fucking day. Yeah. Like people every day doing that. Um, here's the saddest thing about that whole thing too, is if they just had the courage to drive up the hill a little more, they could get a really good picture. Yeah. For one that not everyone has for those listening. If, if you want to go to the sign, you can go up to, I mean, just go up to Lake Hollywood. Sure. There's a dog park up there. I've been up there, which is right underneath the sign. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you, and also you can hike up to the sign now, Sure, which I, my girlfriend and I did, uh, about a month ago and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. That's like, <laughs> that's like a fucking, that is like a four mile hike. That's where hiking goes wrong. And it's where I, I started, you know, I'm walking everywhere now. My girlfriend's like, you gotta start, just start walking everywhere. Cause my girlfriend lives in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. And she, uh, we met on a movie and she came out to LA and 
the, the, after the first night she was here, we woke up and she's like, is there a place we can get some breakfast? And I, I was like, Oh, the, the one-on-one coffee shop is just yeah. down the hill. And she's like, can we walk there? And I was like, I'd never walk there. <laughs> and I am so within walking distance. Right. Right. Cause walking down there is fine. It's walking uphill. That sucks. That were, yeah. All of a sudden you're like, Whoa, this was a bad idea. She's like, can we walk down there? And I was like, I'm, I, I guess I've never done it. She's like, how far is it? I was like, maybe a half a mile. She's like, what the fuck? We're walking. And she's like, where's the Starbucks? And I'm like, sunset and Gower. But that's yeah, like a that's, mile. That's a good walk, though. That's that's where you're pushing it. That's where a walk just starts to so feel like So I do like that now work. almost every day. I walk you walk to, to Starbucks? Sunset, Gower, and back. That's there. pretty impressive. I'm not mad at that. And auditions. I've started. I walk to... Yesterday, I walked to Crossroads of the World down really on Sunset over near Highland. That's impressive. Yeah, my um, uh, the one of the, the first times I auditioned, Mike Rappaport and I. Uh, oh my God! It this is this is how far back I'm taking. It's old school. <laughs> yeah, we uh, <laughs> we were brought in for Homeboys in Outer Space, <laughs> which is already hilarious. Holy shit! And um. He's related to Mark Lano from the improv. Yeah. And Mark Lano lives up the hill very close to the Hollywood sign. Yeah. And, you know, in this super pimp place. And I didn't have a car back then. And so we were going to rehearse at his house. Yeah. And I figured, oh, I would just walk up. Yeah, I walked oh up that hill. Oh, my God. It was like a pilgrimage to... That just shows you how hungry I was at one point that I was yeah. like, homeboys in outer space. Oh, I'm getting this shit. Oh, I will pass on auditions now if it's on the west side at 5 p.m. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. No. Do you know how long that's going to take? Yeah. Just coming back home after that. You know what? I I, I kind of realized that at like a number of years back that I was like, yo, dude, I cannot go to Santa Monica or Venice Anywhere around the four o'clock region. And, you know, like I, you know, had Even a commercial three. agent and they, you know, that seems to be when all the commercial a- yep. auditions go down. Yep. And I was like, nah, I'll, <laughs> I'll write something instead. <laughs> I think I want to be a writer. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely took myself out of the game just because I couldn't do it to myself. Yeah, it's the worst. And now it's, it's, pilot season right now and so I, it just started last week and oh really well uh, that's where i'm yeah. glad that i've kind of made the shift yeah you know what i mean like i still want to what was the last time you went on audition auditioned or acted in something um i did uh i guest starred on real husbands of hollywood uh-huh. that was like the last oh, yeah, thing yeah. and i hadn't been acting for a while i was going through a bunch of life drama yeah and so it was like it really was I was like, oh, cool. I've, I've got a job. And, you know, yeah. I did my part. And, you know, like I was never one of those dudes that uh, would show up, you know, hungover or anything. Like I really took the acting thing seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was excited about it. And it was cool. But it was also like, yeah, OK, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I I didn't feel. I mean, I'll still act. I, I, I won't say I won't act. I'll still act, but I got to at least give a shit about it. And it's got to yeah. be something that feels somewhat yeah. important. Yeah. It's got to f- be offered to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is common now. I mean, we have so many friends that it, a lot of my gigs now are just through f- friends who are like, 
oh fuck AJ should do this yeah Yeah. not huge parts but but yeah where it's like you don't have to jump through the hoops like I I remember I would get really like just bored by the whole process of auditioning you know what I mean like I didn't mind preparing and doing the work it just was pointless sometimes you know what I mean like (laughs) you know I would think about some of these auditions that I went on where the casting director wasn't even like I saw La La Land the other day yeah and it reminded me just how shitty it is to be an actor. Ugh, the you know worst. what I mean? Like that that scene where she's crying and, and I haven't and, seen it. Oh, yeah, I, you have got, the, I have the screener. I haven't seen it. You you should watch it. Like it was weird. I didn't I didn't watch it for a long time because I I felt like uh, first of all I've got this aversion to musicals. Uh, I do where too. I'm I'm just like I'm I don't think I'm that happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the first barrier, and then secondly. I was like, I can't watch this by myself because I need another human being to validate, you know, am I feeling the right emotion at this time? You know what I mean? Like other, other than disdain or wanting to speed through it. Like I need someone else to be like, well, I'll, I need someone else just to validate that. It's just a weird genre too. Yeah, it is. Cause it kind of, people will just start singing in public. Yeah. With no post office, like with no context. You know what I mean? No post office is the last place you want to start singing. No, you're so front. You want to start swinging, not singing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I actually, I, I liked it. You know what I mean? The, um, the, the, the romantic thing in me, uh, which, I don't know why that hasn't been killed. Uh, still exists. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I dug it. I actually dug it. It, it, it worked. I got to see. I got the screener, but it doesn't. I don't have a VCR anymore because everything is. Yeah, they don't make them anymore. Everything is. It's Apple like the TV. coal industry. VCRs are like the coal <laughs> yes. industry. And so I tried playing it on my computer. And it doesn't play on my computer. Oh, really? The DVD just pops back out. Oh, that's not good. Um, so I don't know what to do. I'll. I'm sure I could find a VCR somewhere for like $5. Right. Maybe I'll do that. Right. Cause you're going to get more screeners. I have a shitload and I yeah. haven't been able to watch them. Yeah. I'm uh, I watch my screeners when I'm flying. Yes. Um, I have to jump on a flight tomorrow night. So where are you going? Uh, to Atlanta. <gasps> to ATL, Shouty. Fucking love Atlanta. I do too. I my my daughter's in college there. She goes to Spelman. She's a yeah. freshman, and so it's Parents Weekend. Ugh. And so I'm I'm all about that Atlanta life this weekend. Fucking I I did a movie there last year, and I was there for a month, and I just I'd never been before, and I honestly have had some of the best food in my life. Oh yeah, and I don't mean just barbecue. I mean like. Maybe the best ramen I've had in my life. The really? The best hamburger, the best oh, yeah. pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Those are staples. Oh my God. I love Atlanta. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I like, uh, I like the, the, how, how it's, how Atlanta is broken down because it's either really, really black <laughs> yeah. or that weird Southern white. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You go to the, there's like a big mall there and you go to the mall yeah. and it's hilarious because, the black people all go to certain stores yeah, and then the white people go to certain store. And even though the mall is integrated, yeah. there's still this weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern delineation of, of races. <laughs> there was a, uh, I stayed outside of Atlanta. I was renting a house, but I, a friend of mine was staying in, in like an apartment in Atlanta. Yeah. And, um, 
we were I went down to visit him one night and we were walking to this restaurant. And we were walking by Kroger's grocery store uh-huh. and he goes, someone told me the nickname for that is the murder Kroger's, <laughs> which I think they've torn down or they're tearing down very soon. But right. So many people have been killed in the parking lot at that Kroger's. Wow. That, like that it's got its own thing. It's called murder Kroger's. That's fantastic. That's and I was fantastic. like, should we be walking then? Right. Maybe we should right. Uber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it That's was awesome. Like, oh my God. Best hamburger. One of the best burgers I ever had was a place called Holman and Finch, which is in there's a it's like a market. It's called the Ponce City Market, which is uh-huh. it used to be an old railroad packing building, and they've got all these restaurants in it now. Yeah. And the and the buildings turned into lofts. Oh my god! One of the best fucking hamburgers in my life, dude. I'm I'm there this weekend. So Holman and Finch, if you go, also okay. one of the best pizzas I have had was a place called Antico Pizza. Okay, I don't remember the ramen place. Um, there's also a weird bar slash slash strip club. Oh wow! I fucking I can't remember the name of it, but it's. It's famous because all the strip and it's in an abandoned hotel. It's in the basement of an abandoned hotel and all the strippers are no joke, 60 years old or older. Wow. Like just gnarled old yeah. women. Yeah. And then punk bands playing. It's like a David Lynch. Ooh, that, that sounds right. You know, what's, what's, what's interesting is like my daughter's 19 and, um, the last time I was there, she was like, dad, I want to go to a strip club and you know because that's yeah that's what atlanta's all about oh my god big and time. so she, i guess she wants to experience it <laughs> and here's take her the, to that one that would be hilarious that's that's the one i would take her to she'd be so fucking freaked yeah, out it's she'd like, be like the jumbos Yo, just yeah jumbos you messed me up equivalent. for life yeah i don't yeah I, it was a weird moment as a dad where i was like huh this is a teachable moment i guess yeah uh and i wanted to take her because if you're gonna expose your daughter to a strip club you should be the one to sure lead her into that yeah yeah but then another thought was like yo i haven't been to a strip club in atlanta so i felt like a little i felt really nerdy (laughs) i felt like i couldn't help her like yeah, you're gonna I have to go know. to a rapper for this. I'm 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 no good. <laughs> Call no good little John. I don't know. Fucking right. Call two chains. He knows where they are. Yeah, the, fucking Atlanta's amazing. There's also I, I my friend works on a show down there called um, Halter Halt and Catch Fire. Uh huh. Um, and he, so we were down there at the same time, and I I had no time to do it, but we were gonna go to like they have two really amazing go-kart tracks like one where the go-karts go like fucking 75 miles an hour really and i was so down with going to that but yeah never had time to do it dude you know the cool places like you you really your your atl game is pretty nice tell your daughter say hey i don't know about a strip club but let's go yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know if i could do that i'm at an age now where that sounds more fun anyway like yeah yeah no yeah yeah you see you pique my interest (laughs) yeah uh it's funny she did want to she goes to spellman right and uh she uh she wanted to take me to a party last time because her friends yeah watch don't be a menace right and so (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> she goes, you know, Dad, you know, my friends, when they found out you were coming down, they want you to come to a party. Yeah. And I was like, ah, it, it's that weird thing, just like the strip club where I was like, this... I'm down to go to a party because I'm gonna see something funny. Don't be a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see something funny. Yeah. But then again, it could get weird. Yeah. So here's the thing why it didn't go down. Because I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, kids today, and this is the next level. Yeah. She went on her phone to see how the party was going. Uh, because you can do that weird. now. Weird. And uh, apparently it was too hot at the party. So she was like, nah, I don't want to go. It's too hot. Like temperature hot? Temperature or, hot. Yeah. Too like sweaty. Cops were. No, 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 no. Not the block is hot party, yeah. but like it was physically too hot. Like it was too sweaty. It would, you know. So were you down there in the like fall or yeah, the spring? Yeah. 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 I was down there when it was hot. And, was, they, and so, yeah, this little, little place that. They held the party. It was called, the party was called 90s Babies 3. <laughs> three? What is that? Was it like the third the one? The third one. The third one. Yeah. The first two were so good. Yeah, like, you got to wow. have three. We found the perfect theme. Right. Right. Yeah, I was down there. It was, almost, it was, it was exactly a year ago. I was there exactly a year ago and it was the perfect weather. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Normally, when I, uh, I we did the Mr. Show movie there. Uh, run, run, run. Yeah, yeah Atlanta, run, really? Yeah. It was cool. Like, it was like, but it was like in the sticks part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which yeah. was, which was great. Uh, the only thing that I would do, like, your three places are already cooler than anything I was doing there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would take the, the train to uh, run and shoot which is a 24-hour basketball gym. Right, right. And what I liked about it was you could, they had a barber shop in the gym. 24 hours? 24 hours. You could play ball anytime. And is there always people there? There are always people there. Fucking amazing. And they had a barber shop. So you could play, lose, go get your hair cut, and by the time you were done with your haircut, get back on the court. That's amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, black people were brilliant. <laughs> well, I... I I think the first time I met you, and there's no way you would even remember this, uh, because the Sarah Silverman show hadn't even started. This this was years right. before the Sarah Silverman right. show. Uh, I went with Sarah to Gary's house to play basketball. Oh, okay, yeah. And this was probably two thousand and like two or yeah, three, yeah, yeah, like yeah. way back yeah. where it was. That was back in the day. I didn't know. Any, I knew Kevin, Kevin Nealon was yeah. there. Yeah. But I think that was the first time I met you. And um, it was the first time I met Gary, too. Yeah. Uh, Gary Shanley. And um, who just infamously would just have a game at his house every Sunday, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty sick, For, dude. Like, I, I met him. I guest starred on Larry Sanders. And yeah. I was a huge fan of Gary's comedy. Yeah. And... I love that show on a level that I, I don't That's, care about most TV. A game changing. Yeah, show, I mean yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous how good it was, yeah. and I was like in awe of the dude, but in a chill way, as chill as you can be. Yeah. But being one million percent <laughs> into somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I guest starred on the show, and I don't like you know I had a small part, and I remember we started 
having a conversation. We were talking about something that was kind of deep and like we actually clicked and had a real conversation on a set, which is next to impossible. Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's next to impossible. Yep. And I remember him, he, he said to me, he's like, yo dude, I wish I'd have met you earlier because we could have explored this on the show. So like he, you know, but it was so like genuine and cool. I was like, yo, this is a different kind of dude. Yeah. And so, um, I, I ended up getting invited to play in, in, in his game, this Sunday game. Yeah. And so I started around like 97, 98, but like that early 2000 time, I mean, that game was, was, was amazing, dude. It was, I went twice. I went once and it was, Always different people and yeah. always the weirdest mix yes, of it like, was, yes. when I, I think the first time I went, you were there and Breckenmeyer was yes. there and David Duchovny. Yes. And Neilan and Sarah and I, and it was just and like. Duchovny can play. Yeah. Everyone like, that, yeah, everyone I was can play. the worst one. And the tallest one. So I'm super, <laughs> I was super fucking embarrassed. I, I couldn't breathe within like five minutes of playing. I was so out of breath. Yeah. And like everyone was so fucking good. That's the, Gary that's the was weird, an amazing yeah. basketball player. That's the weirdest thing about that game. It's the most unlikely people. It is, it should have been called Don't Judge a Book by its cover. Yeah. Because it's the most unlikely people, yeah. first of all, there. Yeah. You think that, oh, n- nobody can play. Yeah. Everyone can play. Everyone was good. And you play hard in that game. Yeah. Like, you know, for the, over the course of the years, the comp has only gotten better. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it, it was, it was, it was such a, a kind of special thing. You know, first of all, I love the fact that Gary was private and mm-hmm. the rules of the game were, it was like fight club. Like you didn't talk about it. Yeah. And we would show up, we play really hard afterwards. Yeah. We would go upstairs and yeah. there'd be food and we'd have food and watch, you know, a game or, yeah, yeah. you know, have great conversation. Like it was one of the most yeah. like fulfilling things just about Hollywood. Like Hollywood is so bullshit yeah. and it was so real. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it was really, it was really pretty incredible. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was, I felt very lucky. And I mean, this was fuck, so long ago yeah. too. and it went, that went on for so long. Cause I would still talk to Sarah up to just, yeah, to right before a, Gary passed a, a yeah. year ago, yeah. you know, and I'd ask her to do something on a Sunday. She's like, Oh, I can't, I'm going to play basketball. Yeah. Like, fuck. You're still doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No dude. It was uh it, it was a really it's like cool almost 20 thing. years yeah, worth of playing. Yeah, it was like 20 playing. years worth of playing. And everybody that played in the game, like you felt, you know, a a connection that was like a brotherhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I you know, I, I, I feel like Sarah's like my sister because yeah. of that game and because of the, you, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. really, it was almost like, you know, we, we were part of this 
you know, I really can't even just put it into words exactly yeah. what it meant. It was, you know, there were times where nothing was going on in my career, like nothing. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. the game was the thing where I was like, this is keeping me alive. At least I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can look forward to this. Yeah. No matter how shitty the week was or the fact that nothing was happening, at least I had that Sunday yeah. where we would get together and we would play and have good food and make each other laugh really yeah. hard. Hard. Like it was, it was yeah. awesome. I, the second time I went, Sarah and I left early to go to an actual Lakers game at the Staples Center. <laughs> so she called me, she's like, do you want, or that might even have been the first time she's like, do you want to go play basketball and then go to a game? And I was like, okay. She, she goes, I got these tickets from my manager. I don't yeah. know if they're any good, Yeah, but we'll go. And so we went to the Staples Center and literally, and this was before, I mean, Sarah was, wasn't as big as she is now. Yeah. And yeah. she's had these tickets and we're there and we're dressed. We just came from playing basketball. Yeah. So we're dressed super shitty and we go and we walk in and we show someone our tickets. We're like, where do we go? And they're like, oh, through this door. So it was like the bottom level of seats, which is always yeah. encouraging. Yeah, Sure. And we show the, the, the second person our tickets and then they're like, oh, go, they're down towards the front there. And we're like, awesome. And so we're walking down to the front and we get to another person who's in the front and we're like, where are these tickets? Cause I don't see the row number. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, follow me. And she leads us out onto the court to fucking folding chairs that are like, like on like on the there's no seat in front of yes, us. Yes, yeah. And we were like behind the basket. We weren't on along yeah. the sides, but we're behind the basket. And Diane Cannon was sitting next to me. <laughs> I know exactly where your seats are. Yeah. Diane Cannon is sitting there and Sarah and I are both like clutching each other's arms so hard that I had like bruises. And we we're like, Holy shit. That's awesome. And then um halftime came and so we're just sitting there and like everyone gets up and like walks away and we're like where do we go is are we supposed to go somewhere and like sarah asked the woman and she's like oh yeah you guys go to the, there's like a vip club yeah. you go there yeah. for halftime and so we're both like what the fuck and we go in this vip room and it's like steven spielberg is in there penny marshall is in there saying, hi sarah how are you That's... and like we just stood there like staring at people going, yeah what the fuck yeah. is going on and then um sarah goes i have a joint in my backpack we should get high in here <laughs> and so we got high in the bathroom in the vip club there like we smoked a whole joint we were right. really fucking high right and then we go back out to these seats and all of a sudden just like Staples Center looked five times as big and we were just like <laughs> what the and like Shaq like fucking fell on the ground like right at our feet and we're yeah. like having trouble breathing I was like this is <laughs> so fucking weird all of a sudden something super entertaining became terrifying yeah and my dad called me while we were at the game and I yeah, my dad called me and was like, I could see you. <laughs> and I hung up and I'm like, 
I think we should leave. And Sarah's like, <laughs> Sarah's like, yeah, we can't be here. We're too high. We can't be here. So we fucking left because we were just. That's awesome. Too stoned. I um I had a, a a situation happen like that. Actually, Gary had called me one day. And he was like, yeah, do you want to go to a Laker game? And I was like, yeah, sure, Gary. You yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <dude. Duh. laughs> so he's like, yeah, meet me at the house and, and we'll go to this game. Right. And I was like, yeah, cool. And in my head, I was thinking about the times when I go to basketball games. Right. So I didn't even think about it. I just assumed, oh, it's going to be kind of like seats. Yeah. When I go to games where, you know, you can, seats. you can kind of see, yeah. you know, the cheerleader sort of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I go to his house and, you know, he's got a driver there. Uh-huh. And we drive to the game. Yeah. And they let us all like, Right there. Yep. And then we go in this weird way where, first of all, when you don't go through a metal detector, you know you're on another level. Like, you know, I'm so used to getting pat down and, you know what I mean? There isn't a turnstile. Yeah. I mean, it was like, so that was like the first thing. And then very similar to like what you said, it was like, show this person your ticket, show this person your ticket. Yeah. And we end up sitting not far from where you were sitting. Yeah. Courtside. Yep. Laker girls are at my feet. Mm-hmm. Like this was so the opposite of everything I knew. And I didn't, it didn't click till like just then when, you know, I could literally like, like move the Laker girls out of the way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like so weird being And, and they were flirty. You know what I mean? They were like, Oh, look at you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was, it was the kind of like, I've never experienced anything like that. But at that moment when I was sitting courtside and had those Laker girls at my feet, I was like, Oh yeah, you're with Gary Shanley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's on the jumbotron yep. and I, there Charlie, are people at home going, Who the fuck is that with Gary yeah, Shanley? Right. <laughs> right. He must I was be the doing same some, guy. I was the same guy with yeah. Sarah. And they're like, the like people must have that? been like, yo, that's really cool. He's doing that make a wish thing. You know? <laughs> he's a big brother. Yeah, he's taking care of that dude. Yeah. Oh cool. But it was hilarious, dude. Like I remember, you know, Charlize Theron came over to us and like it it was just, it was one of those experiences where I was like, this isn't just going to a Laker game. This is a full on experience. No, it's fucking crazy, right? Yeah, dude. It was, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, so speaking of Gary, we should, we should segue into your movie that you produced. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. The documentary. Yeah. yeah dying we, yeah. Standing Up. It, uh, dying Laughing is. Dying is Laughing. Yeah, Dying Laughing. Um, um, and it. I mean, it, it will come out the day that this. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Next Tuesday. Oh, awesome. So awesome. if you're hearing this, the movie is out. Yes, uh, if it comes in, out February 24th. If you're in the lucky enough to be in the right city, it, it yeah. will be in some theaters and yes. also. You can also uh, get it on demand on iTunes. iTunes and a whole bunch of different platforms. Uh, I recommend going to the theater because we made it for the theater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's. Uh, I spent three years, you know, and I, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm one of the producers. Yeah. Uh, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Uh, the, the directors are 
super talented. Uh, they did this movie a few years ago called um, From Nothing to Something, The Art of Rap that I saw. Oh, right. Uh, that Ice-T hosted. It's really an interesting yeah. movie. And what really sparked my interest about that film was they presented rappers in a way that I had never seen before. Like, I could tell they validated the art form. Like, normally you see, like, caricature depictions of yeah. rappers. You know what I yep. mean? And you know, so that movie stuck in my head. Uh, a mutual friend of ours who's a co-producer on the film introduced us and uh, they're out of London. So we had a, a phone call right. and, you know, I, I decided, yeah, this is something that I want to do and I want to go on this journey with these guys. And we set out to make this documentary about stand-up and, and do it in a kind of different way. Is it, most, is it more specifically about... Bombing. Well, here's judging the thing. From the title. Here's the thing: is a lot of people think it's it's that it's not just that. When we first started making the movie, uh, that's what we were going to focus on was yeah. comics' worst nights on stage, <laughs> which is cool because um, everyone has them. Yeah, yeah, we all have them, and they stick with you. And you know, it's it's an interesting angle. But what happened was when we sat people down uh, in, in the chair and the director, Paul Toogood, interviewed them, we quickly realized, yo, this is a bigger story than just limiting it to bombing. Yeah. And so we instantly made that shift in the process. And yeah. I'm glad that we did. So we really look at the, um, like the, the agony and the ecstasy of what this, what stand up is. Um, so we go into, fucking, yeah, exactly. I'm, at a, time, I'm at a period right now where I just don't even, I have no desire to fucking <laughs> go do a show. Like, yeah. Yeah. I get a phone call. Someone going, Hey, you want to do my show? And, and I, I, it makes me fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dude. like, fuck. What, really? Yeah. Still. Yeah. No, and, I get it. Like, and then when, there's times where I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you want to go get it. It really is that that thing where, you know, like when, when we started doing this documentary, like the day before I'd been dropped by my agents, right? <laughs> so That's I was sad. in this place where I was shook, dude. Like, yeah. I'm not even going to front. I was shook. Yeah. I was like, yo, I'm being put out to pasture and I'm still in the clubs. Yeah. I still feel like I got something to say. Yeah. I still feel like I'm doing what I should be doing. Yep. And the business is going fuck off. You yep. know what I mean? And yeah. so, Ugh. yeah, it sucks, dude. It sucks. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to open myself up to what this thing is. And we started making this movie and we didn't, we did it outside of the studio system. We did it yeah. outside of agents and managers. Like we awesome. really, um, you know, I gave these guys a, a short list. I didn't have a lot of names on it. It was, these are the real deal guys that are doing it on a nightly basis and that are doing it for real. And if you want to start here to tell a story, this is where you should start. Well, yeah, I mean, the trailer has every, I mean, Seinfeld, I mean, yeah, Seinfeld, I mean, yeah, we've got, Sarah, we've got names, you know. yeah, I mean, you know, Seinfeld, Kevin Hart, Jerry, you know, uh, Chris Rock, yeah. uh, Sarah's in it, yeah. uh, Amy Schumer, like, we've got the names, what's cool about it is everybody is talking about this thing the from a thing. real place, like, we're talking about it, what stand-up is, yeah. and 
how you have to go through these chambers to get it's your what Vietnam. It really is, dude. It really is. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not really comfortable with hard selling anything. Yeah. But I do feel like our goal was to make something that was honest about what this thing yeah. is. You know what I mean? And and I feel like we we did that. Yeah. And I it was it, it was a group it. it was a group dynamic. Like, I mean, I'll tell you this, um when I first asked Gary to be a part of it, he said no. Yeah. And um you know, though we were working together and friends for a long time, I yeah. got it. You know what I mean? Like he had been burned in the past that Ricky Gervais situation yeah. was a, an ambush in his eyes. And Wait, what was he, the Ricky Gervais one? Well, Ricky Gervais showed up at his house and just showed up. Well, you know, they were going to shoot something, oh, okay. but the way, and this is the way Gary explained it to me was, you know, Gary wants to find out where you're coming from and yeah. he wants you to be super present and yeah. uh, move in a way where you're working from a real place. Yeah. And it's very Zen, very Zen. And, yeah. and, and, and I think you get the best work that way. Sure. But I think Ricky came in with an agenda and didn't adjust to what was really going on. Right. And so Gary took that thing into a very weird place. If you get a chance, you should Google that because it is really is interesting. It part of a to documentary watch. or Well, a... that's not part of the documentary. That was its own thing. Oh, okay. So that's out there in the world. He but just came over to make a video yeah, talking and about just, you know, I think Gary was putting his contacts in and <sighs> Ricky was going about his thing and so it weird. just was it was like, nah, dude, I'm not playing this game Just with you. Just two people at two different and places. And two completely different places. In the same room, but in yes. two different places. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, I mean. Oh, Jesus. So I, I got it when he said no at first. And uh, I respected that, you uh-huh. know. Um, so we went about our business and continued making the, the film. And I showed him like a teaser. And he saw it and he said, hey, is it too late for me? And oh, I was awesome. like, no, dude, no, <laughs> you're Gary. Yeah, because you got, you're after that, you're right. at a point where you're never going to ask him again. Yeah, you're- yeah. And, uh, you know, but it was nice that he wanted to participate. And one of the cool things uh, for me in, in this process was we we showed it to him before he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, we screened it in his living room and, and he dug it, which, awesome. you know, he, that, that, that means, that means everything to me. It's a great stamp of approval. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Gary, Gary's a master dude. He's, he, he's a, ma- oh he's my a master. God. So fucking funny. Yeah. So yeah, I mean this, this, this doc is, you know, it's, it's cool. I think, uh, for people that aren't standups that are into it, you, you're going to get an insight of what it takes to do this. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. see, the bigger people and they think, you know, oh, it's easy and they only see the finished product. But, you know, Ugh. there's 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 a long Ugh. fucked up road to it. <laughs> I remember uh, Sarah asked me to open for her at Stanford University. And this was like 10, 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. And I was always into stand. I might the first the first thing I bought with my own money as a kid when I was 11 years old was a George Carlin album. Really? My friends were all buying like Michael Jackson or like <laughs> whatever music was popular right. at that time. And I was right. like, 
I'd like to buy this George Carlin, a place for my stuff album. And that's great. Cause I was, my parents bought me a transistor radio yeah. for, I think for my birthday or for Christmas when I was a little kid, it was one of those mono earplug things. And so Sunday nights I would lay in bed at night after I had to go to bed and listen yeah. to Dr. Demento. Yeah, me too, dude. And that's where I learned about fucking George Carlin yeah. and weird, just yeah. everybody, like yeah. a whole scope of comedy. Yeah. And that's what turned me on to George Carlin. Carlin is is and was my favorite. And, right. um, so I was way into stand up. I didn't know it was something that you could just, anyone could do. You could just do. Yeah. I was like, Oh fuck man. That's so cool. And then when I was like 18, I think it was my mom that was like, Oh, you know, they have a, an open mic stand up at this bar. And I went and did it and uh-huh. immediately was like, I'm doing this into this. Yeah. And the, and it was good for my, like my first time wasn't bad. Yeah. I think also I had a bunch of friends who were there. Oh, so you, yeah, you stacked the deck. So the second time. So you did a bringer show basically. Yes. As your first time. So the second time, and it was, I think it was actually, it was at the laugh stop in, uh, Claremont or Montclair yeah. or Upland. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's even there anymore, but, right. um, so this, the, the guy was like, Oh, you should come back next week. Yeah. And I came back next week and it was so fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't do it again for a little while. And right. then I was, but I was like, Oh, that was still fun. And yeah. And then I saw in like the LA weekly, um, there were auditions to do, uh, sets at the ice house. Right. In the annex. And there, and it was, Produced by this guy Dave McNary. I don't. Know I know if, Dave McNary. Yeah, he used to do the uh, the shootouts too. Yes. So he he was really the first person that like I had to go and audition, and I was so fucking nervous. And he yeah. was like, "Sure." And so I kept going back, and I would do the Ice House like all the time, but just his show. Yeah. I didn't know about open mics. Yeah. Or, and then I remember one night he was like. He's like, you're pretty funny. He's like, I have a friend who does a show in Burbank. It's like in a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. I fucking, I wish I could remember the guy's name. It was like a three name, like Michael Keith something or. I I know who you're talking about. Uh, Keith Michael Ashton. That's it. Yep. Holy (laughs) shit, dude. (laughs) Holy shit. So he's like this guy, Keith Michael Ashton. And so he put me in contact with him and I went and I showed up and I was the only white guy in the room. Yeah. And it was a very urban show for sure. like Burbank. And but, you know, and, and two, you got to clarify, too, for your listeners. Keith Michael Ashton isn't the blackest dude. No, no, not at all. He's actually He's the Carlton. Exactly. Exactly. So I go in and it was like it was a real wake up call. Like I go in there and like everyone is killing Really? I'm the only white guy on the fucking bill. Everyone is killing. Uh, the only white person in the audience was my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> and she was the only one laughing at me. And she wasn't laughing as like encouragement. She was laughing at how fucking horrible I was doing. Like, yeah, a joke would bomb and I would just hear her in the back of the room going. <laughs> <laughs> just really laughing at how shitty it was going. And did it make you mad? No, no, I was just like, I was beyond, I was so bewildered at like, I've done these so many times at the ice house. Yeah. No, why aren't they laughing? 
And I didn't do stand up again after that night for like years. Wow. I was like, wow. so you shook. Got, yeah, you got super shook. It shook me. And I was just like, I, I can't do this again. Wow. And then I did, it just slowly started back up again. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, Laura Silverman, Sarah's sister used to do book a show. She had a show at the martini lounge. Yeah. Remember that place? Yeah. On yeah. Yeah. Larchmont and Melrose. Yeah. Which isn't the building isn't even there anymore. Right. But, uh, so she would be nice enough to put me up. That's when I first started hanging out with Sarah. And then, um, and then of course, once Sarah's show started, yeah, it, it was amazing. The, the doors that open where people are like, Oh, oh you yeah. want to come do a show? At yeah. The improv? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I, I've only done like coffee shops. Dude, yeah. And, but yeah. then, Oh yeah. So Sarah asked me to open for her at Stanford university. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, dude, she's like, dude, it'll be easy. She's like, she's like, cause I, I love that you immediately, your instincts are like, I don't know. That's, uh, that's a big school. You gotta be pretty smart to get in there. At the time I was making a lot of like video, like YouTube videos, like really weird, dumb stuff. Right. And so. She was like, just bring a DVD with all your weird videos and you can, she's like, you only have to do like five minutes and then you can just show all these videos. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And yeah. so we get up there and we, we get taken, we get brought to the school and in my head and just from my past experiences, I thought it was going to be in like the student union or, sure. or the cafeteria. Sure. And so they fucking bring us into this theater that's like 2000 seats. And I was like, instantly had diarrhea. I remember I was like, I saw the size of this room and I had fucking diarrhea. I was uh, like, where's the bathroom? That's hilarious. And then I come back out and I'm like talking to like our handler and I'm like, who do I give this DVD to? And the guy goes, we don't have a DVD. And Sarah, Sarah just started laughing. I, I'll never forget. She started laughing. She's like, I guess you got to just figure She's like, you got to figure something out, dude. And I was like, fuck. I was so sick. So like she's in the green room, like with her manager and they're laughing and talking yeah. for like hours. And I am in the corner with a sheet of paper. Just like, what can I fucking talk about? Like I had like maybe 10 minutes of poor material at best. And <laughs> And so then, you know, you can start hearing people like mulling around in the yeah. theater and it's really loud. And yeah. I was just like, I was like, fuck. And I did this thing. I stopped doing it, but for years I would do this fucking thing, which was so detrimental where I would always peek out at the audience. Oh like yeah. I, you can't do that. That is the worst. You can't do that. My advice to anyone starting would be never to like no. do that. Like, cause you you pick out troubled spots. Yeah, like, exactly. You see where the danger is. I'm like, oh, there's old people. They're yep. not going to get me. Yep. They're going to hate me. So you start old. censoring yourself. Yep. And yep. I go, what? They brought a kid? Yeah. Now I can't yeah. curse? Yeah. And yeah, you would censor yourself or like, those people look drunk. That's yeah. Gonna be, and yep. you just automatically fuck your show up. Yep. Once I stopped doing that, it got so much better. 
But I was looking around the room going, fuck, there are so many people here. And, um, and then I went out and because it, our show was just on the air and like every people knew who I was, which was weird. Like they bring me out and the people are cheering and like, I commented on like the guy who brought us out. It was like the head of the student union. He's like just really bland. And I made fun of him and they were fucking laughing. And I was like, all right. And I was getting into it and I was riffing and I was talking about like, who are these people? And you like doing crowd work. And it was, I did like 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. No problem. And I was like on such a fucking, I didn't sleep. I went back to the hotel and I was up all night. So fucking amped. Yeah. And then, um, I came back and I remember I had a show the very next night at the improv and I was so cocky (laughs) (laughs) and I went up and fucking the same exact set that I did stretch for 20 minutes like the night before I rushed through in about six minutes. Sure. Cause the first joke out of my mouth, silence. Yeah. Second joke, third joke. I could hear someone in the back go, Ugh. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I heard someone audibly go, Ugh. <laughs> it's so. I Dude, just what run- I love about that story <laughs> is the range of emotions that you felt like in 24 the, hours. Yes. The desperation of having to come up with material when your whole game plan has been taken from you yep. and that stressful situation yeah. to wrecking it and then feeling like, yo, I got this. I figured it out. I cracked the code. The, I thought I cracked. Yeah. The code. Like, Oh yeah. That, yeah. I got this. Yeah. That's hilarious, dude. And that's exactly what people don't realize when they think about stand up, dude. It really is. Just because you make it through once, you're back to zero. Because the next night could be anything. That is still my biggest stress when I go do a weekend somewhere. Like, I don't do the road a lot because I just... Mainly because I I consider myself an actor now more than stand-up. Like, I, I get depressed on the road. I don't like to be in the same city, you know. Like, it's cool if I'm in, like, San Francisco or New York or something. But if you're in, like... Idaho and you're like it's kind of depressing sure like, what do I do for four days sure I've got an hour that's fun yeah but then what but do then I that, do yeah that 19 hours or 20 hours or whatever but there's also the fear of like what if and not even the fear it's, it happens like your first night in Idaho, you fucking bomb. Yeah. And you're like, I still have fucking yeah. six more shows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did this, uh, like one of the, one of the weirder bombing stories was I, I got booked to do, this was a few years ago to do this, uh, three person show at the Edinburgh festival in uh-huh. Scotland. Right. Wow. Which was, was cool. You know what I mean? It was like, yo, I'm going to Scotland to for do the whole comedy. Month? Were you there for, I was there for 30? the whole month. Oh I was actually God. there for almost like five weeks. Cause we did those prep weeks before. Right. But we, the show was called stand up black America. Right. Mm-hmm. And the concept was take three comics. It was myself, Ian Edwards, and oh, this you. comic named Renee Hicks. 
okay. who was the San Francisco comic who was bald and bald black woman. That was her shtick. Yeah. That she was bald and she was black. Yeah. And that was enough in Scotland. <laughs> and so <laughs> that we, was enough. In that Scotland. was totally enough. Like, dude, yeah, yeah. here's the crazy thing. Like we like she was like she was like Beyonce. Like they loved her. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the whole you're you're black and you're bald like they were mystified yeah and and ian and i and ian was like i'll give ian credit because ian had jokes like he had jokes about like things that were going on in europe how long ago was this this literally was like 15 years ago dude was he still talking like uh Jamaican? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He, you know, he was a Jamaican with dread. So, yeah. you know, here's me like, you know, kind of, you know, Silicon Valley black dude <laughs> and, you know, Ian, yeah. the Jamaican with jokes. Yeah. And then the bald black woman. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> I remember the first show. Yeah. We, uh, we were playing this big theater called the Pleasance Theater. And it was like a 300 seat venue. It was our first time out there. Yeah. And Edinburgh's one that you have to go a few times to get your following. So we were you playing have to this flyer thing. too, right? Yeah, yeah, you really have to sell yourself. Fuck. So this was our first time there, dude. And the first couple of shows we were playing the, to, you know, 10, 15 people. And people <laughs> would go to our show. You know, you can drink. Uh-huh. So they would sit in the front row with their beers. They would be hammered. Yep. And they literally were there just to heckle. Yep. That's... And I remember we flew out there. You know, Ugh. first of all, that L.A. to London flight is long as fuck. It's like 10 hours. Uh, and we had a show that night. So, oh. <laughs> And the producers of the show took us out to Indian food in Scotland <laughs> to welcome us. <laughs> So here we are, <laughs> fucked up. Our our insides are fucked up. Yeah. And we got to do a show to 12 drunk people that are there just to give us shit. And so I'm trying to figure out what translates because you don't know your yeah. American ass material yeah. will translate in Scotland. So I'm asking them, yo, do you have this? And they're stonewalling me. You know what I mean? So the first night, dude, it was going so bad <laughs> oh, that God, all dude. I wanted to do was fight. Yeah. Like that was the energy. I was so pulled out of the realm of comedy yeah. that I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm just going to fight. I'm going to hit someone. Yeah. And, and then it dawned on me, I'm here for five weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to have five weeks of this. Luckily, I've, it wasn't that bad. It got better because yeah. the longer I was there, I was like, throw away your material and just talk about being a black dude in Scotland. Yeah. And that was what they connected. Yeah. With, yeah. You know, but yeah, that that was that was super fucked up. I can't even fucking. I've never pushed to. I know so many people that do that festival and I've never even pushed to do it Uh because of the fact that it's so long it's yeah. like a month or yeah. more and i'm yeah. just like and i know people have done it who've had a shitty time the entire month <laughs> who are just like <laughs> suicidal by yeah. the time it was over yeah well I, I will say this the comics that were out there when i was there like Chappelle was out there which was great like we had a ball like we wrecked shop in that city yeah uh and proops was out there which was oh, great. great he's awesome so there was a good mix of comics um which made it fun uh i i haven't been back 
since like yeah. but yeah i mean I, I probably would like you know now you know it's different now like i would go now but yeah it it, it started off like uh the most hellish gig it could possibly be <sighs> uh, at least you have friends there yeah speaking of Chappelle, i a few months ago like october i did a movie in dayton ohio oh yeah i'd never been to ohio and it was it was the end. It was the last two weeks of a month of me being away from home. I did right. something in New York for a week, something in Virginia for a week. Yeah. And I was just, I, yeah, I hadn't been home in, you know, weeks. And I flew to Dayton to do this really independent movie. And the director picks me up. And I don't know anything about Dayton or any, like, it was super Midwest. And he's like, and like the first day I get, I'd been up all night finishing the thing I'd been doing in Virginia. And he wanted to like, it was, it was this music based movie. So I had to record some songs. So he's like the first day he's like, let's go to the studio. And I was just really tired. And it was in this, um, Yellow Springs, mm-hmm. which is, I guess where Chappelle lives has oh, a really? farm or something, yeah. which I didn't know. And, um, so he's like, yeah, we, the studio we're going to be at, we're going to be shooting a lot of stuff in this small town outside of Dayton called Yellow Springs. He's like, I mean, I, the most famous thing about Yellow Springs is Chappelle lives there, but it's like a small, you know, it's a very Republican part of the country, but sure. Yellow Springs is just like this hippie community. Right. Right. Um, and like, it's very like, Portland or Seattle, sure. but it, everything, there's no Starbucks. It's all mom and pop stores. Right. So we go in there and I'm just really tired and I don't know anyone on this movie yet. And, um, he's like, you want to get a coffee first? And I'm like, sure. And, um, he's like, oh, there's this really good, like independent coffee shop right here. So we walk, we go to it, we walk in and other than the director who picked me up, the first person I see, we open the door in this coffee shop and Chappelle's just sitting there <laughs> reading a book. <laughs> I was like, Ohio? Yeah. I was like, and I'd never met him before, but we have a lot of friends in common. So he was very nice. He was like, hey, man. Oh, that's cool. And he was really cool. And uh, it was just fucking surreal. Seeing yeah. Yeah. Someone like that in this tiny ass town. Hey, dude, he uh, he's figured it out. That's pretty smart. But he you know does I mean? things out there now. He does these things called juke joints. Yeah. Where he'll rent out a barn uh-huh. and just have like, and we, I had missed it by like two days. Oh, really? They were like, you should have been here two days ago. Chappelle did a juke joint and fucking like John Legend was there. Yeah. Playing. I forget who else, but it was also just weird. He's like, Bradley Cooper was there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, fuck, I'm so mad I missed that shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. Fuck. Edinburgh. I can't even imagine going to Scotland. I, it, my luck, it would be like my first show would be the worst and then it would just steady off stay right there. there well, here's it was like, I remember this too that was weird about it was they weren't like, maybe it was because the venue was so big, but you didn't really get the laughs back. Like we were elevated on like a theater stage. Yeah. So 
Like it just felt like you you were just bombing the whole time, but then you'd That's walk around Cobbses. Yeah, like you would walk around. Yeah, like I think I think it's because the angle of of Cobbs, like the way the stage is, is offset from the way the room. Yeah, like there's a lot of angle, seats off to the yeah, right. Yeah, it's and it's and, and when it's full, it's, it's a, a hard room to play. Deep room because yeah. you you know you want to try and make yourself accessible to everybody. Yeah, but it does feel like the laughs hook there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just felt like we were bombing there uh, in Scotland. But then we would walk around the streets and people would come up to us and be like, that was brilliant. And it was like, really? You know what I mean? I mean re- like in, in yeah. fairness, though, I think yeah. they just wanted to get close to Renee Hicks's bald head and see it up close. A beautiful black woman. Yeah, exactly. I had when I was in high school, I had a Spanish teacher. Uh, I think his name was Mr. Pierce. Uh uh, African-American and he, I went to military school, so he was ex-military uh-huh. and he was our Spanish teacher. And he said that he lived, I don't know if he was stationed in Germany or it was before he was even in the military, but he lived in Germany for a year in like a really small town where they, there were no black people. Right. And he was living in a house with a family and he was like totally banging the daughter, the, like this <laughs> blonde Aryan daughter. Sure. And like he said, all the fucking women in this small town were like just fixated with him because no one had seen a fucking black person. That's fantastic. And I got to go to that city. Yeah. And this was like, I believe, like the 70s, you know? Yeah. I got to go to that city. He was like, it was the fucking best. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime a black dude can win, you got to be happy for him. <laughs> um, so this comes out. Well, this is out now. February 24th. It's out. Um, and it's it's in theaters uh, in in the independent theaters. Um, Gravitas Ventures is the company that bought it, which is one of the, the best documentary yeah, I know companies. Gravitas. Yeah. And so I'm super excited about it. I hope people like it. Um, it looks awesome. I've only seen the trailer, but it looks great. Uh, I'll say this. The movie is better than the trailer. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the trailer yeah. looks great. Well, cool. Anytime I see Jerry Seinfeld, I'm so I'm obsessed with Seinfeld. Seinfeld's amazing, dude. Like he his interview. The cool thing about making this movie and and being a part of it was I I got to listen to the insider's tips and yeah. of all my favorite stand-ups. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm I love anything to do with stand-up. I love any documentary. I I'm annoyed that um what was Jerry's uh, comedian? Yeah, the com- yeah. You with, cannot with fucking Dorney? find that on really? iTunes. It's not on iTunes. It's not on Netflix. I go crit every now and then. I'm like, I want to watch a comedian. And yeah. Like just last night after yeah. watching your trailer, I was like, I want to watch a comedian. Yeah. And like, not on iTunes. Oh, that's weird. But anything to do with standup, I'm so obsessed with. Especially, yeah. Just I, I mean, the it, workings of it, and, and, and it really is that. Like I said, you've got all these people. We interviewed 109 standups total. 50 made the final. Holy film. shit! Wow. Uh, and when you watch it, it feels like 30. So yeah. it's really intimate. You you really get a, a great sense of you know what this thing is about. Um, yeah, I, th- I think people are going to dig it. I'm I'm excited to get it out there. Uh, I can't, I can't wait to see it today. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for doing it. We've done, God, we've gone well over an hour. I'm oh, usually cool. with, sometimes with people at like 
I'll look at the uh, the time code and I'll be yeah. like, it's been fucking 20 minutes. What oh, am shit. I going to talk about? <laughs> well, this is dope, dude. I, I love the fact that you uh, started in L.A. because I started in L.A. too. And yeah. I think it's good and bad. It's good because you learn good technique and yeah. you become friends with real stand-ups. Yeah. You know, it's it's bad just because there's only limited stage time. But that's well, I, that's cool. I don't run into a lot of people that started here doing you know doing it here. Yeah, and I think I only got to know you through like green rooms at like Largo and yeah. stuff. And, yeah. Um, and those rooms are like the most fun. Like that, the early Largo days, dude. Uh, were that the you know? I mean, I love the the new Largo. Uh, old you know, Largo. Old Largo though was was fucking that, ridiculous. I think that's what rekindled my love of doing stand-up was yeah. Largo. Yeah. The old Largo. Like, I remember, you know, I came to L. I grew up an hour outside of L.A. in Riverside. So yeah. that's really where I first did stand-up. But um, I came to L.A. to be a musician. I was in a band. And then uh, someone told me about Largo. And I started going to Monday nights were comedy night at Largo. Yeah, and yeah. That's where Bob and David were, Sarah, right. Mary Lynn, Greg right. Barrett, like Zach you fucking yeah. everybody. And I was just like, it was like seeing a renaissance of like, holy shit, this, this is the funniest shit I've ever yeah. seen. This is not like yeah. a lot of it wasn't even club comedy. It was well, like, you know, what's weird all is like, comedy. I, I worked the, the clubs, I worked the laugh factory and the improv, but what I liked about Largo I was like, yo, I can put my act on hold and do all the stuff yeah. that I really think is funny. Yeah. And I don't have to feel like I'm playing to a mainstream audience. Like, yeah. and, and and Flanagan encouraged that. Yeah. Like every time I would do something weird or different, he would be like, yo, dude, that the thing, like I would get off stage and the thing I was most excited about was the thing he would go, yo, that thing that you did. That yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it was like such a validation of pushing the envelope, you know what I mean? And pushing, like, I hate watching comics where you go, that dude doesn't really believe that's funny. It's working. It's, it's getting a response. It's just words coming out of his mouth. Yeah, it's, it's, he's been, he's learned to push the buttons to get the response. Yeah. I felt like Largo was like, throw that shit out of the window do the things that you authentically think are funny. Yeah. It was more than just joke telling. It was just weirdness. And that's the first place I saw tenacious D. Yeah. I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but I went with a friend to see a band play at Largo. And, um, I don't even remember the name of the band, but they were the main band of that night and they'd finished playing and the room was emptying out. Like, there was maybe like 20 people in the room, which yeah. for that old Largo is still not bad. No, but like the majority of the people had left and my friend was like, let's go next door to the dime and get a drink. And, uh, while he was saying that Jack and Kyle came out and started to play. Uh, and I was like, this was right after the cable guy. So I, sure. I go, sure. I go, is that, that dude's in the cable guy, right? <laughs> this was before the Mr. Show HBO shorts yeah, and everything. Yeah, dude, yeah. And I was like, that guy's in the cable guy. And he's like, my friend goes, ugh, these guys fucking suck. He goes, he's like, let's go. And I go, I got to just watch a few minutes. I'll, I'll meet yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet yeah, you. yeah. And I never ended up going next door. I watched their whole thing and I was like, 
this is might be the greatest thing I've right. ever seen. Right. This is fucking sensational. Yeah. And um Yeah. It's it was- so funny, dude. You're totally taking me down memory road. Cause I was in cable guy. Yeah, I, I know. Was in the, the basketball yeah. scene. And it was right when Jim Carrey, like that was his first $20 million paycheck. Uh, so I remember even being on the set. And it was so like, it was so kind of chill because, uh, you know, it was like, it was just one of those things where I got a call one day. It's like, yo, you want to play basketball for a day in this movie? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? yeah. So, you know, we were all really chill about it, but... The, you know, everyone knew Jim Carrey was making $20 million. Yeah. And so he had this glow about him, right? He's like, I don't care if this movie tanks. But it was like, you looked at him differently, like, yo, that's the $20 million man, right? And so he literally had a glow about him. Uh, And it was hilarious. Like, I remember when that movie came out. And it was like real kind of hit or miss. Yeah. You know, like some people were like, yo, this movie is oh, garbage. I loved it. But I remember when I first saw it, I was like, yo, this movie is ridiculous. Like it, it's one of those movies that I didn't care what the critics thought of it or what the response oh, was. Yeah, me too. It was like, this movie is going to age well. Yep. And the people that get it are going to really get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I still have my crew jacket. You do? Of course. Oh, so dude. I'm so jealous. I started taking classes at Groundlings right after that, like right around that time. And Leslie Mann was in my basic improv class. At the really? Groundlings. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's dope. Dude, you're making me feel good. This is a this is a feel good podcast. Good. Are you heading off to work after this? Uh, yeah, I'm going back to my cushy studio job. Back to Paramount. Yes. Right yeah. down the street. You can walk it. I've walked it. I'm not going to walk it. I'll walk down to Lu- Lucy's El Adobe and uh, Have you ever eaten there? No. Oh my god, it's right across the street uh, on Melrose. It's diagonally across from uh, Astro Burger. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Fucking great. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in. Oh, I go to the I go great. to the little coffee shop there. That's like the yeah. little hipster coffee shop. Yep. Uh, and I get uh, I get four dollar uh, banana bread. <laughs> and they get they give me a, a Paramount discount. Oh shit! Yeah, that's nice. So it's four dollars after the discount. I once left my driver's license in an audition somewhere at Paramount. Like you have to show yeah, it to sure. check in. Sure. So instead of putting it back in my wallet, I put it in my pocket. And I think when I was getting my glasses out of my pocket or something, it fell out of my pocket somewhere on the lot at Paramount. I was like, well, I guess I have to get a new driver's license. And then like two months later, not even like recent, like it, it, two months had gone by and just, I got something in the mail because my address was on. Yeah. But yeah. Like someone found it and there was no note. It's just like, Oh, here's my fucking idea. The lot's a very happy place. From Paramount. Yeah. It's Do you a ever happy see place. Dr. Phil over there? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the company I work for. His, uh, I shot something over there a couple years ago, and I remember seeing his golf cart. Yeah. Which is this big, pimped out. Yeah, it's tricked out. Black, like. It's like Exhibit made it. Raised. I was like, fucking yeah. sick. Yeah. I wanted to steal his uh, his golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. His golf cart is ill. Um, well, thanks for doing this, Suli. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. This go, is fun. Go check out his uh, documentary, and um, so we can make more. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely want to make more. So, yeah, yeah, support it. I think you'll like it. Dying S- laughing. Support the arts. Thanks, Suli.
Thanks, man. Bye. Feral Audio. It's maybe the night the machines might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.